University College of the North acknowledges that its campuses in La Paw and Thompson are located in Treaty No. 5 territory. Along with regional centres, these are the traditional territories for many Indigenous peoples whose relationship to the land creates a rich heritage for our Northern learning community. The mission of UCN Library Services is to serve the Northern communities and people with education, training, teaching, learning, research and general informational needs while being inclusive and respectful of diverse Indigenous and Northern values. Guided by the seven sacred teachings, University College of the North is building better futures for a stronger North. This is Tips, Tricks and Trivia from the Oscar Lathlin Research Library. Here's your librarian, Heather Smith. This is Tips, Tricks and Trivia, a November podcast from the Oscar Laughlin Research Library. I'm Heather Smith, the librarian. Oscar Laughlin Research Library is an academic library. However, it does have a public library aspect to it. So some of the information I may share may be of interest to our community and it may be of interest to our students and our instructors. One of the first tips I'd like to give you is about verification. Verification is the process of establishing the truth, the accuracy, or the validating of something. So when you're doing research, it's very important to find the truth of it, to find the facts of it. When one is doing research, there is often a problem whether verifying the resource. Now, when one uses Google or Wikipedia, one is not always certain that these, these, the information has been verified. One can post opinions on Google. For example, I could post that pig blood is good for uh, your iron levels. Now, that is an opinion. I have no idea of knowing whether it's true or not, but I could post it. So you need to be careful when you're doing research on Google, and the same is true for Wikipedia. Wikipedia has information inputted into it, and eventually it's checked. However, there's a gap between the inputting of information and the checking. So I could put in that it snows uh, purple snowflakes in uh, Churchill, and... Um, it would be a while before somebody checked and thought maybe it snows white snowflakes in Churchill. So um, it's very good to use verification to make sure that what you are researching is the truth, the facts. And one of the advantages, this is the trick, of using the li UCM library webpage is that a lot of the databases and resources that we are paying for have been verified. They are meant there to help you do research and to find out the fact of things. And one of the resources that I really like to use is Novelist. This is a database that offers information on fiction and nonfiction formats. It provides kind of truthful information about nonfiction and fiction formats, about genres, reading levels, um, authors, publication details. It also provides reviews from credible sources. Now that can be helpful if you're trying to find out which um, Arthur story you want to review by Mark Brown. It will give you um, people's reviews on that. But that is somebody's opinion. But it does give you some information what they think about the book. 
And that can be very useful, especially if you're trying to set up a reading program for children. It's good to check the sources and what other people think. This is an excellent database for teachers, students, and librarians. So check on Novelist. You'll find it in databases A through Z on the library webpage. Go to the ends. That's where you'll find it. Unable to come into the library? We still want to help you. Visit our website and use the Ask a Librarian chat or email library at ucn.ca or call us 204-627-8500. Whatever your question, we want to help you. We're joined now by Amanda Lathlin, MLA for our area and daughter of Oscar Lathlin, who our library is named for. We asked Amanda to tell us more about her father and his vision for the North. Tensei everyone, my name is Amanda Lathlin and I'm your MLA for the Paw Kamisak constituency. It was uh, quite exciting to get an invitation from Heather Smith, our librarian for the Oscar Lathlin Research Library. Um, I'm also proud to say that I'm also the first to uh, do a podcast for tips, tricks and trivia, a special podcast uh, area there where we can relay and share tips, tricks and trivia and stories to our public out there. So with that, um, I just wanted to share too that I used to work here at the University College in the North. So I hold this university very dear to my heart as well. So I wanted to tell you who Oscar Laughlin was. First of all, he is from, he was from a Pasquia Cree Nation. Uh, he came from a very large family, my aunts and uncles. Uh, he was part of eight siblings. And um, he was my father. And uh, somebody that I looked up to and adored very much. Somebody who I always felt 100% safe and protected. I also admired the fact um, he had um, a very long career. Um, he started probably picking berries when he was young to earn money to uh, just to go see a movie to onwards to he became a band manager for the Paw Indian Band which was called at the time. And uh, he was also the executive director for Swampy Cree Travel Council. He also held some very uh, senior positions at uh, Indian, North, Indian and North Affairs Canada, which was, used to be called in Winnipeg. Afterwards, he became the chief of um, the Paw Indian Band, but the Pasqua Cree Nation now. And right after that, he became. Uh, he was elected uh, and became our MLA, and he uh, held that position for 18 years. During that time, he w became the Minister of Conservation when the NDP took government. And from there, he was appointed to another position as well as the Minister of Aboriginal and Northern Affairs, which was, that's what it was called back then. And... Also, too, I wanted to share that uh, he was also a grandfather, a very, very proud grandfather, and he just absolutely adored his uh, granddaughter, Elise Jane Lathlin, my girl. So, 
I also wanted to say that um, with all that, uh, he graduated from Frontier School in Cranberry Portage, something that he was very proud of. Whenever we would drive by uh, the Frontier School um, on our way to Flin Flon, he would always tell me each time that he was uh, in the Hall of Fame at that school, something he was very proud of. Um, he was also the first one in his family who uh, graduated with a grade 12 diploma. And uh, from there, uh, he knew instantly that a grade 12 diploma will open doors. His advice to me during my high school years was, get your grade 12 diploma, Amanda. That's your weapon against unemployment and poverty. Something that that truly means a lot to me today. Something I say to my daughter now, um, all my daughters. My dad, Oscar Laughlin, uh, was a very special man. He was um, very humble, very humble. Uh, he didn't like outpour public outpour of gratitude. Um, he always did things behind the scenes and didn't expect any thank yous and uh, he actually preferred it that way. <laughs> he was also a, a great leader. I've seen him in many capacities as chief MLA minister, um, his family, and um, he's also a great communicator as well. I've seen him with um, all types of um, groups of people and able to communicate well no matter who and what environment and uh, people trusted him. Uh, he was a, a great father, a great role model to myself and to many others and uh, like I said an excellent grandfather, his princess Elise he adored. He was also a true advocate for northern Manitoba um, whenever he had the chance to question the government or have a chance to invest dollars into northern Manitoba he, inde he indeed did that for all of us here and during his time with the government he helped shape the Aboriginal Justice Inquiry and um, something that he had experience with too back in 1989 when the Helen Betty Osborne murder inquiry was first taking place, he was chief back then. So with that experience, he helped shape the Aboriginal, Aboriginal Justice Inquiry here in Manitoba. He also was a firm believer that education will help build healthy communities. He absolutely thought that once we get our kids educated, they have a fair chance at that healthy decisions will come from that and healthy communities will come from that. He adored young people. Young people just broke his heart and whenever they would come up to him and share their life struggles, my dad's always uh, always uh, loved those stories at the same time, encouraged them. He also helped the during the time when he was a minister with the NDP government, he helped establish the Helen Betty Osborne Scholarship Fund in 2000. Um, he was very, very supportive of women's rights. He was actually a feminist at heart. And this was demonstrated in 
how he brought me up and the way he talked to me as well about women and respect. Um, so the Oscar Latham Memorial Award was established by, I hope I say this right, Kani Kanikshinek. Kani Kanikshinek. I hope, I hope somebody could correct me on that later. Um, this memorial award was uh, a lasting tribute to uh, my late father. Um, he also was a special man because he left a strong legacy of public service and was a role model for many First Nation communities. And the library, which was an excellent, excellent place to be, a very, very peaceful place to be as well. I think it's quite fitting that this library was named after him, the Oscar Lathan Research Library, because it, it was all about education. Um, he helped establish uh, the University College from, he helped establish the University College of the North from when it would used to, when it was used to be called um, Kiwetan Community College. And he helped establish this in July 2004, something that he was very, very proud of. He did this in partnerships with others as well, but this was his life dream. He wanted people living in northern Manitoba to have the same fighting chance for a future as the people do living in the south, where they have way more access to education services. And... With his legacy, it's not only here, he also left his legacy all over his constituency. For example, the beautiful high school in Pasqua Creation named the Oscar Lathing Collegiate. And there's also um, the Oscar Lathing Boardroom at the Cross Lake Community Council uh, building. That was a very nice surprise to see when I came across that. And and we also have Oscar's Place, Oscar's Place Homeless Shelter. So the establishment of the University of the College of the North is the perfect example of his advocacy for Northern Manitoba. Therefore, again, it is very fitting to honor my father's legacy by naming this beautiful and peaceful space, the Oscar Lathlin Research Library, where the purpose here is to help students with learning resources, providing learning resources, just like what my dad did in his life, helping people, and he wanted that for everyone. UCN students and staff can stream movies for free. All you need is your UCN logon credentials, that's the same username and password you use to log into your email, and an internet connection. Start by visiting the UCN Library's website, that's ucn.ca slash library, then scroll down and click on the resources by subject link. A new page will open and on the left you'll find resources by subject in a blue box. Click on that, a new page will open, and you'll see a link that says access free movies and videos. That will open a new page that shows you all the options with descriptions of each website and how to use them. Trivia found on the library webpage. I wanted to tell you about a special event, a special day that happens in November. It's called King Tut Day. And when is it celebrated? It's always celebrated on November the 4th. King Tut Day celebrates the day of the discovery 
of the Egyptian king Tutankhamun's tomb. Over 3,000 years ago, King Tutankhamun became the king of Egypt at the age of nine. He died at the age of 19, and he's commonly called King Tut. The tomb of the Egyptian child king was discovered on November 4th, 1922. So that's almost a hundred years ago. 99, in fact. The tomb was discovered nearly intact in the Egyptian's val Valley of the King. King Tut's rule lasted for nine years, from 1333 BC to 1324 BC. The cause of death is uncertain. Murder and innocent accident are the two main theories. The UCM Library has 30 references to King Tut and 14 to K King Tut in common. These resources are online and physical, book, and one of my favorite books that's sort of related is The Mighty Ra. It's a children's mystery set in ancient Egypt. Tips for the library's collection. The library has a multi-format collection. That means it has information in many different formats, like DVD, book, audiobook, picture book, graphic novel. We have multi-formats available because people learn in different ways. Some people learn better visually, others by hearing, and some by physical. There's many different types of learning, and there are many different formats. So we hope we have a format that appeals to you. And I'd like to tell you about four different ones that are available physically in the library. And the first one I'd like to tell you about is a DVD called Miss Fisher and the Crypt of Tears. It's from Acorn TV. The story is based on the Miss Fisher series by Carrie Greenwood. And this story is set in 1927 in the Far East in England, starring Essie Davis and Nathan Page, plus others from the Australian TV show Miss Fisher's Mysteries. The library does have these. Franny Fisher is leading the way across continents in a mystery adventure involving sword fights, quick wits, humor, and some sex appeal, evolving around a cursed gem. The action is fast-paced, though with historical color and perhaps a happy ending. Watch this tale and other Miss Fish Misher, ugh, Watch this tale and other Miss Fisher mysteries that are available from the library. Another resource that we have is a YA book called A Golden Fury by Samantha Coe. Uh, the Golden Fury is a story told by 17-year-old Thea Hope in 1792. She begins in Normandy, France during the start of the French Revolution, a very dangerous time. Thea is sent away from the madness of the revolution and her mother, who has been driven mad through the science of alchemy, to a father she does not know at all and who does not know her. The science of alchemy, the madness of it, to save her, her mother, and her friends and her father, she must follow the path. Her story is one of learning and growth and problems of mental illness, and rather unexpectedly, the unstableness of magic. Read a chilling, read a, read a chilling tale of science and a journey of unexpected growth and personal relationship. 
Students, did you know that you can print for free in the library? As a student, you have a printing credit. Print as much as you want in black and white in the library. You can also scan and send an email or fax for free. If you need copying or color printing, we do that as well for a small fee. UCN's archivist Megan Buchanan is here to talk about Remembrance Day and the contributions of Indigenous people. Tansi, everybody. This is Megan Buchanan back with another Cree section of the podcast. This month is Remembrance Month because of Indigenous Veterans Day on November the 8th and, of course, Remembrance Day on November the 11th. We have lots of examples of Indigenous veterans and people stepping up to defend Canada. For instance, Christian Sinclair from OCN, the former chief, is a veteran. There are also lots of other veterans in and around the Pond OCN and indeed all of UCN's areas. And of course, there are people like Tommy Prince and Francis Pigamagabo. So today, first I'm going to start with Flanders in Flanders Fields, in both Cree and English. And then I'm going to talk about some books that we have on Indigenous soldiers and remembrance. Flanders Yiki Haskanik Wa We Pastanwa Wa Pikwaniwa Tastawaik Pimi Taskwanikana Kana Nipitasteki Ta Kiskin a Wajitak Ita Ka Pimi Siniak Equa Kisikok Aniki A Saki Nikamochuk Piesistak E Pimishachik Etatau Peitakosiwak Ekok E ma Matwewek Asikik Ona Kataskewak Nianon Namoya Makakayas Niki Pimatisinan Niki Musitanan Kasakatek Niki Wapatanan Kapakisimok Niki Sakihiwanan Mina Niki Sakihikawinan Maka Ekwa Nepi Misininan Ota Flanders Yikwahaskanik Kiawao Ekwa Naskwahikok Kinotina Kani Minanwak Eki Sakochi Koyakik Kitasoni Namatinan Iskotau Opinamok Ekwa Kiawao Kispin and way ha we ki nianon ka naka taskeyak namwach nika e we pinon 
ata io pitiki wa pikwania ota flanders yikwahaskanik. In Flanders fields the poppies blow between the crosses row on row that mark our place and in the sky the larks still bravely singing fly scarce heard amidst the guns below. We are the dead. Short days ago we lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders fields. Take up our quarrel with the foe. To you from failing hands we throw the torch. Be yours to hold it high. If ye break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders fields. John McRae, the author of that poem, was a doctor and had served in the artillery in the militia prior to World War I. He wrote the poem just after one of his best friends, Alexis Helmer, was killed in, our, in an artillery barrage. He wrote it and didn't think it was going to amount to much, but then it got published and it has since developed into one of the best-known war poems from World War One. Dr. McCrae was transferred to France afterwards and died in 1918. He is buried in the Rimereau Community Cemetery Extension. I have been to see his grave. It is worth the visit. As I said, Indigenous people have a long history of serving in the militaries of countries all over the world. Canada, the United States, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, the UK, India, Japan. They have a proud tradition of service. We have several books about Indigenous people in the military in UCN's library. Here are just four examples. First, we have a book called Sounding Thunder, the stories of Francis Pagamagabo. It is by one of his great-grandsons, Brian McInnes. It's basically a biography. It talks about the stories that he grew up with that he was able to pass on to his family, the traditional Anishinaabe stories, as well as a more Western-style biography. It is e at in our main stacks at E99.C6M36-2016. And we also have one called For King and Kanata, Canadian Indians and the First World War by Timothy Weingard. This book takes a look at the indigenous soldiers who volunteered to fight in World War I, the reaction of the Canadian and the British governments to their willingness to fight, the bureaucracy that went into it, and everything that surrounded their service in World War I. It is also in the main stacks at D639.I56W55-2012. third book I want to talk about is called The Scout, Tommy Prince. Now, Tommy Prince is well known. He was a World War II soldier 
who served with the first special service force which was one of the forerunners of the modern day special forces like JTF2 and Navy SEALs and other groups like that. He was one of the most decorated, if not the most decorated, Indigenous veteran in Canadian history. So this book is a graphic novel, actually. So it can be found in our graphic novel section at D811.P75R62-2013. The final book is called Native American Co-Talker in World War II by Ed Gilbert. This book mainly talks about the Navajo co-talkers that served with the Americans in the Pacific. They are famous. However, a lot of people don't realize that there were also co-talkers working with the Canadian forces, mainly Cree, but I believe there are also some other languages involved. They are a definitely underreported and under researched group of soldiers who did a lot of good for Canada and for the world during World War II. This book is on our juvenile shelves. It is at D810.C88G55-2008. Thank you for listening. Wear a poppy. And I hope you spend some time remembering and learning more about the service of Indigenous veterans in Canada's armies. Thank you, Ikosi, and see you next month.